In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Oh, we've made it to the end of the week. Welcome, everybody, here on 680 The Fan. It is the Buck Blue Extravaganza. 60 minutes of pure action-packed sports talk radio. Because the man won't give Buck 90. Mike Morgan filling in. It's been a lot of fun this week. We'll try to have a strong finish. Got plenty of football and Major League Baseball to talk. I've got to save the, the Braves talk and the winter meetings talk for last. Hoping maybe something big would happen in the last couple of days that'd be worthy of more conversation. It did not. Not surprised. I'm not even sure what the winter meetings really mean anymore. But Mark Bowman will have a theory on that of MLB.com. He'll join us in the second segment today. His thoughts on Kelnick. His thoughts on the search for perhaps a frontline starter. It just seems like it's the same pattern every year. This time of year and then around the trade deadline, a bunch of names are thrown out as potential Braves targets, and none of that ever happens. And then Alex Anthopoulos just makes moves, as I like to call them money moves, that wind up working anyway. You just didn't think they might work. They're not on the radar. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. That's about right. Although I wouldn't say Jared Kelnick is nothing. He's a former first-round pick and certainly has some upside to him. He's young, he's toolsy, as the scouts like to say. So it's not nothing, but maybe not what everybody thought it would be. And if you're living in the Otani pipe dream world, just get out of that, please. Uh, There was an NFL game last night because, well, Amazon says there needs to be. (laughs) I got to ask you, Derek Thomas, did, did you watch any of the Billy Zappi, Mitch Trubisky showcase? Uh, actually, I was at the casino night. I think I saw two, maybe three plays okay. when uh, Brian Finneran set up his phone on the blackjack table for us. So that was cool. So B. Finn was engaged in this uh, game? Yeah, oh, he was in. Yeah, okay. he, he was all over the Patriots and the under, I think. so Or the over, sorry. Oh, okay. And I think he nailed it. So, well, and, that's, yeah. and that's why the NFL, it doesn't <laughs> matter what, what slop you put on for three hours. It's going to draw numbers, ratings, because the gambling world, the fantasy world, Sound? It's tied in. But it sounds like I missed a pretty good game, though. I actually, it wasn't bad. I watch it. Compared to what we expected, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a gambler. I, I do play fantasy football. I had nobody on either team, and neither did my opponents. So. That means you probably have a good team, then, if you don't have anybody on Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in the playoffs, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't, and I didn't have Billy Zappi, who really came to, uh, excuse me, Bailey Zappi. He came to fame at Western Kentucky. I started hearing about this kid. And Hilltoppers, baby. It was like, yeah, Hilltoppers. Absolutely. I was like, okay, okay. Is he the real deal? I, watching last night, all, all kidding aside, like, I think Mac Jones is done. I think it, it I don't think Mac Jones Such is. Such a good start to his career, it, it seemed was, like. It, golly. And look, they don't have a ton of weapons around him. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I look like even Josh Allen in Buffalo, who for whatever reason has become a target for many of the carnival barking, talking heads, the same ones that will defend Dak Prescott at every turn. 
uh, when Dak has a bad game or a bad year, like leading the league in interceptions, but they just tee off on Josh Allen, who's clearly one of the most gifted quarterbacks we've had in the last 10 years. Um, but he doesn't have a ton of weapons around him either in Buffalo. It's like Stephon Diggs. He's nice, a little undersized. And then what? Uh, so much of quarterback play is is what you have around you, is what the weapons you have around you. It, keep, it seems like they keep wanting Gabe Davis to take that next step. He's and not. He just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean he's never going to make it. He is, he is as pedestrian as can be. He blocks, which I like. I was going to say, he's a good football player. He's just not a huge weapon for them. Good football player. And Stephon Diggs is just pouty every time. I I don't know what his beef is, but you watch a Buffalo Bills game, and it's so omnipresent that he is not, like, (laughs) he's not engaged with Josh Allen. It's it's just a, it's beyond prima donna stuff. It's just a big pout fest, which is unfortunate because those two guys, it was like a love fest early on. Um, But but getting back to, to the zappy, and Trubisky, and you know, I I started uh, yesterday, or I didn't start it. I guess I finished it with it. Like we're, we're we're hitting NFL Purgatory Week this Sunday because there's just a bunch of backups all over the place. I mean, it's just so so bad. Uh, and this had the the makings of more awful quarterback play. Mitch Trubisky did not disappoint me. He was truly awful. That is a young man that gets worse and worse every year. Uh, but Bailey Zappi actually impressed me like i actually think he could be a starter in this league and we do have several starters in this league that were not high draft picks that people were like yeah he'll be holding a clipboard for 10 years and are now starters brock purdy obviously leading the uh leading the race there um but this was one of those games that you know i've I've got some uh some friends doing time you know i got some friends in solitaire i don't mind telling you the local prison and they, they tell me they wrote me uh, they get they get to they get to write if nothing else in solitaire. They said, you know, we were given the choice of watching Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky getting out of solitaire on good behavior or a pack of cigs. They took the pack of cigs, so they didn't. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. They did not. They did not see the game, but I did because I. It's NFL. It's a Thursday night. What else am I going to watch? I don't. I don't need to see LeBron James and some made up tournament in the middle of the NBA season. So I watched the NFL and I watched Zappy Trubisky. Hats off to Zappy, who says a win is a good thing. It's awesome. You know, things haven't really been, you know, falling our way, but, you know, to go out there and play good team football. We had a great first half. You know, there's things that we're going to clean up in the second half that we didn't do very well, personally me. Um, but, you know, it's great to be, great to win. And it's a great feeling. Yeah, I, I think the kids actually got a future. Uh, I, I'm not that I'm not just like overreacting prisoner of the moment. I've seen him before. I saw him in college. Like I think he's actually got enough, and I certainly have more confidence in him than I do Mac Jones. Time now for the big take. Bucks big take from Mike. What? Other, thank you. What other thing? Great production. One other thing I thought of as I'm watching that game. Um, it's amazing to me. So you've got Bill Belichick, who's going to go down as the greatest football coach of all time and by the way he'll be on game day the army navy game is going to be in boston this year for the first time very cool boston obviously a very historical city with a number of things in the history of this country uh so belichick is going to be there and robert Kraft is going to be there uh it's the one college football game division one that's that's going on the fcs playoffs will be going on as well more on that in a moment but as i'm watching that game like i've actually heard people calling for bill belichick's head and i was thinking mike tomlin and i like mike tomlin i i pull for mike tomlin 
and, and Mike Tomlin's done a number of really good things in Pittsburgh, but I never hear any criticism of Mike Tomlin. Like, is, is he immune to it? Because it's been about a dozen years since he's been to a Super Bowl, right? And, and since Roethlisberger has left, of course, they've been pretty average. Uh, it was not a great performance against a woeful New England team at home against a backup quarterback for the Patriots. I think Tomlin is almost like the Paul Rudd of NFL coaches. Like, nobody dislikes Paul Rudd. Some people think he's a good actor. Everybody thinks he's funny. He's lovable. He's cute. Ladies like him. Guys don't feel threatened by him. Like, everybody loves Paul Rudd. And I feel that way about Mike Tomlin. I've never heard anybody say a critical thing about Mike Tomlin. I realize the record is great uh, overall. But, I mean, we're judging coaches of a blue-blood franchise like the Steelers based on championships, right? He's got one that he got in year two. I, I, I will, I dare say, Cower kind of served up a pretty good thing over there for him. And since then, yeah, he wins more than he loses, and he gets to a lot of playoffs, and then they don't, they don't go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, but you'll never hear a, a, a scintilla of criticism for, for Coach Tomlin. I, just, I, I, found, I find that a little bit curious. But again, he's the Paul Rudd. He's, it, nobody ever is going to criticize. Paul Rudd could do seven consecutive stinker movies, and you're still going to like the guy. You're still going to want to have a beer with him, which I actually did when he was in town filming Anchorman 2. Rudd, Farrell... All those guys uh, were over there near Antico. I got to hang out with them a little bit. And he's just as likable in person. I, I wanted to, like, put my arm around him and go, man, I'm just, I'm a fan. And I don't do that often. I really don't do that much, DT. Um, moving to the college side, let me just say this. I mentioned the Army-Navy game. And that's a great, it's, it's a bucket list item for me. I'm guessing, DT, you've never, you've never been, right? Uh, no, I can't say I have been. But, yeah, that's one that I always, I always get a little emotional there at the end. A, yeah. As well as anybody should. And it's, it's not just a bucket list item for me, and it sounds like for you. It should be for everyone in this country. Um, I, and I've had a chance to go to just about every type of college football event there is. But I've never been to an Army-Navy game, and I need to carve out time to do it. So that's worth watching. Uh, for some people, you'll look at the schedule, and you're going to start having college football withdrawal symptoms. I know I am. I get it. And we're still a, a, another week away from the bowl games. And let me just say this, because this has become like a, a hackneyed hot take for a lot of guys over the years. It's too many bowl games, man. It's too many bowl games. Suck, shock, shock. Exactly. Exactly. I can think of a few names outside this market. I won't do it. Uh, like that's their hot take. We don't need 41 bowl games. Uh, then don't watch. No, but don't, don't watch again. You're not, you're I'm not so offended by it. You're yeah. so offended by it. Like, what are you watching instead? Are you watching the lifetime network? Are you watching a movie on Hallmark? What are you watching? That's more important than a bowl game. Oh, I don't need to see, you know, the, then they got to make fun of the, it used to be the weed eater bowl. The people still use the pull and weed eater bowl. Which I don't know, Pullen is still in business, but talk about residual. I don't impact. even remember that. You don't no. remember the Pullen no, Weed Eater Independence say I do, Bowl? No. How old? I were remember you? the Independence Bowl, but I don't remember. Yeah, was it? It was the Weed Eater Bowl. It was for the, a short oh period? my God! It was <laughs> everybody had a joke about. I mean, we've the, had some, some we, crazy had some, bowls oh, yeah. over the years. Oh yeah, yeah no, no question. Um, I mean, I'm just ready for the, like the erectile dysfunction bowl to make it appear oh, at coming. some point. Uh, but stiff competition. Stiff yeah. competition. Thank you very much, DT. He'll be here all night. Tip your waitress, buy the, try the pepper steak. It's surprisingly good. But when you think about it, the pull and weed eater bowl, g Google it. It was like a thing in the 90s. And everybody made that joke. And if you were around in the 90s, you're a little younger than I am. 
you still remember the Pullen Weed Eater Bowl. And the Independence Bowl actually had good matchups. But if you get rid of the, like, sticky sponsors and people have a lot of fun with that, you know, like I called the Cheez-It Bowl last year for ESPN Radio. It was Oklahoma FSU. It was actually a good matchup. But Looking forward like, to the Pop-Tart Bowl this year. It is, too, it's yeah. now the Pop-Tart Bowl. That was the Cheez-It Bowl. So I have the last commemorative uh, Cheez-It Bowl box with Oklahoma and Florida State displayed prominently. But my point is, is that when you take a look at these bowls, I'm going to tell you why you're going, you should appreciate not just the big bowls that come later near New Year's Eve, but these tier two, tier three bowl games. I'm going to tell you what you won't get with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, with the Las Vegas Bowl, with the Cure Bowl, with the First Responders Bowl. Here's what you won't get that you are going to get in the the quote-unquote bigger bowl games. You're not going to get opt-outs for the NFL draft. You're not going to get players saying, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out because I'm going to the portal. You're not going to get the, you know what, where's my motivation? I'm not making any extra money, so I'm just, I'm not going to play. I don't care. You don't get that. None of that exists at these. So if you truly say you miss college football, the, the true love of the game, and it's becoming too much like the NFL and it's all about the money. And if, if you're, if that's kind of your cynical outlook on where college football is headed, and I get it. Like, I understand where a lot of the fans are coming from there. Then watch these bowl games because these kids don't fall under the same umbrella. And I could even argue tomorrow, if you're a purist, tomorrow's the most beautiful day you're going to get. Army, Navy. Yeah, you're not having any opt-outs on that in nope. that game. <laughs> there aren't a lot of NIL deals and transfer portal things going on between these two teams. Right. Uh, so, yeah, not to be too sappy, but you talk about playing for the love of the game. That's what you're getting in Army, Navy, a love for your institution, a love for your entire that, that community and then on top of that, you, you mentioned the fcs playoffs no doubt not getting any uh yeah not a lot of nils and transfers and opt-outs going on there no either. no just just again guys that love playing ball and guys that are going to go out there and give everything they've got uh by the fighting brian finnerance by the way taking on the defending national oh, champion yeah. jackrabbits of south dakota state of the final four did i hear jackrabbit stew was on the menu oh yeah beefin already talking that fcs smack um but but that's my only point there like i'm not i'm not trying to sell you on any specific game one of the favorite games i called a couple of years ago was the cure bowl and it was northern illinois a mac team against coastal carolina with grayson mccall came down to the wire coastal carolina pulled the rabbit out of the hat in the final drive won the game it was immensely entertaining and every guy that we talked to leading up to the game they were so thrilled to be a part of that game. And then you talk to guys that are getting ready to play. Uh, and this is going to be an obvious question. We talked with Seth Emerson about it yesterday. Is like, what is going to be Georgia, Florida State's motivation for some of those guys? It might be lacking a little bit. I keep waiting and checking every day. Okay, who's opting out? Who's and, and there's going to be. It is understandable too when it, I get these it. two teams play, and you know it is I obviously it. a little anticlimactic. Yeah, for them, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. And if you're playing in the what was the Outback Bowl, now the Rolia Quest Bowl, and those are Power Five teams, there, there's going to be some guys who just say, "No, I pass. No, I'm I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and get ready for the draft." You don't see that next week when you're watching those games and people will laugh. Why are you watching a MAC team versus a Sun Belt team? That's why. Because you're actually watching a product where everybody is all in. And you're not getting that on some of the bigger bowl games. So that is something to look forward to. And you mentioned the FCS playoffs. Yes, I am all in on that as well. Nothing like watching some playoff games in the snow. I wonder if the Dakota schools, they keep dominating this. Are they ever going to try to transition to FBS uh, and just quit dominating 1AA and actually go to like the Mac or something and dominate that. Maybe they maybe they'd rather just be a power. Maybe they'd rather just continue to dominate 
and bring home trophies. Uh, a guy that has witnessed some trophies in his time is Mark Bowman, who covers the Braves for MLB.com. He will join us coming up after the break on the Hobson and Hobson guest slide. It's the Buck Baloo Show, and it is 680 The Fan. Never a bad time for Digital Underground, G-Shock, the late G-Shock, and the Humpty Dance. Thank you so much, DT, on the ones and twos here on the Buck Baloo Extravaganza. Mike Morgan filling in uh, filling in throughout this week. This will be the last day of this voyage for me. Been fun, been good times. We've shared some laughs. We've shed some tears. I like to think we've gone full circle this week. We have. We've made history. We've covered the gamut and then some. Are we going to cover Mark Bowman in this segment? We're ready to cover him. Let's do that. He'll be part of the the laughing, the crying, all the emotional spectrum that can only be had with one Mark Bowman of MLB.com. He joins us now to talk some winter meetings and, of course, your Atlanta Braves. Mark, how are you? Good. You? Doing well. Doing well. Uh... (laughs) Another winter meetings has come and gone. Are we getting to the point where this is no longer a big enough deal to really put a lot of resources into covering it? It's it's certainly different than it was. I mean, historically, let's go back, you know, 30, 40 years ago before, you know, I'm, I'm going even way further back before cell phones. But, you know, it was a it was a place where everyone could get together at one point in time. You know, you're uh, and, you know, conversations um flowed there was there was more of an excitement now all of a sudden you know not only have you do you have the access to people um you know through cell phones and everything you you've zoomed with them you you've talked to agents you've talked to other gms um it's it's hard to say why getting together in one spot uh would would spark interest or or you know um you know, go ahead and, and, and stir reasons for to look for other opportunities, all that kind of stuff. You've done all that work before you've gotten there. Um, so maybe it shouldn't be too surprising. I think it's, it's, it's great to see everyone uh, from a personal standpoint, but at the same time, and there, there are different uh, ways that the winter meetings are effective, just from a transactional standpoint. Uh, the reason I'd say that is that the reason uh, you got all your minor league teams there, you've got all your apparel companies, you got anything from the baseball industry. There, there, there's ways to be effective, you know, for there's efficiency within the meetings. But in terms of from a transactional standpoint, um, it probably shouldn't be surprising because all these conversations have been taking place on a daily basis for weeks before the uh, GMs get there. Yeah, and we all have the Internet now, and we can see things on our phones. I mean, guys like you and, and K-Mac do an outstanding job of, of covering this team 365 out of the year, but I, I don't know if we should expect bombs to go off during the winter meetings. That just hasn't been uh, been the case. That said, I, I might be a little more excited than some about the, the Jared Kelnick pickup. Um you know, again, you're talking about a guy who's a first-round pick. He's still rather young. I realized the injury last year. Uh, strikeouts a bit of a problem. Kevin Seitzer will work on that. Off-speed pitches have been kind of his kryptonite. But there's certainly enough there that that could be another one of those Alex Anthopoulos moves that doesn't move the needle when it happens. And then you look ahead of time a few months, and you're like, oh, man, this was a great pickup. I think even from, from Sunday to here on Friday, that every day you get you, you, learn a little bit more about Jared. Um, 
you know, you see the talent there. It's an incredible talent. You look at the swing, um, you see the, the tremendous potential there, the, the power he was on pace to, for a 20 homer season before he, uh, you know, kicked the cooler there last year. He might be a little bit, you know, temper gets the best of him a little bit ever. But still, he's not the first, won't be the last. Uh, that, that, that kind of stuff, he can grow up a little bit that way. And, and this is a great environment. He, he's going to bat seventh or eighth or something. You know what I mean? In this lineup, he, he doesn't have to be the man. Um, there won't be a lot of pressure there. Um, and, you know, they basically, they took on two contracts. They took on uh, Marco Gonzalez, the 12, uh, 12 or 12.5 million, whatever that was. They've already flipped some of that. They, they haven't said exactly how much they included in that deal, but you got to assume that's half. You know what? You, you pay for Evan White um, to, to, you know, who knows we'll ever see him. But you, you pay that price and you say Evan White's $7 million next year and, and clinics 800,000 all of a sudden, you know, that, that's, that's cheaper than you would have. You could got to throw some of the Gonzalez costs on there, but you know, this is instead of going out and giving three years to, um, you know, a free agent or, you know, giving the money to the $9 million to Eddie Rosario. Now you've got much higher upside uh, for a comparable cost. And, and this is clinic has a chance to, to be a superstar in this game. And, and I think it, it makes perfect sense uh, to, to put him out there. And uh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it, it, it's not like you gave up top prospects for, for, uh, you know, trying to trade somebody or, you know, an exorbitant or you're stuck, you know, your payroll is, is, um, you know, you're underwater or whatever you want to say. It's, it's not a burden on your payroll for yeah. a few years. So it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good deal. Mike Morgan with you here on 680 The Fan. Our guest, again, is Mark Bowman of MLB.com. Are, are we giving up on Evan White? Because I, like, I, I covered him in college. He was a great player in the SEC. He already won a gold glove in the bigs, uh, albeit in the, the COVID year. But some players, as we know, uh, it takes them a while to kind of to, to hit their stride. Every Everything I'm reading, it's almost like, yeah, he's a complete throwaway and he's never going to amount to anything. Is that really the way the Braves look at him as well? I, you know, I mean, I, I think you, with two hip surgeries, yeah. Um, you know, I just you just have to wonder, you know, will we ever have that same power that he had in the past? Um, it's, I'd say, you know, you cross your fingers and hope. And you know, from what I know, he's a tremendous individual coming from uh, what was he? Grew up in Columbus and went to school in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, he, he you know. Everyone who ever saw him play defense says exactly what you just said. Boy, he's he's tremendous. Yeah. Um, you just wonder if that power is ever going to be there. I, so I, for for now, I don't think you can count on it. But at the same time, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see what it what what happens here in the next couple of years. So the Braves find themselves uh, in a position, and again, they're in a better spot than most when it comes to the rotation of the bullpen, but there's not many teams in the game that could not use another arm or two or three. So you see all those big names out there, and again, (laughs) if you just follow the track record of Alex, and and Alex I trust, he doesn't go for the shiny toys like so many other people do. He kind of finds that next tier of guy, but... Uh, do you think there's any realistic chance of getting a true frontline guy between now and opening day? Well, 
um, you know, quickly learned this week, you know, after getting there and talking to some folks that, you know, the, the interest in Cease, Dylan Cease was kind of overblown. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that, you know, the interest couldn't maybe ramp up if the cost uh, dropped. you got to remember, we're, we're still pretty early here in the offseason. We're a month in, a little bit more of a month into it. And, and a month from now, we'll still be a month away from spring training. So it, there's certainly a reason for teams to, you know, have – uh, be, have their asks remain pretty high right now on the trade market. Uh, Tyler Glass now, uh, it fits in terms of Alex's, you know, he loves to take a one-year chance on a guy like that, you know, where he's he's only locked into Tyler for a year, a guy who's, who's battled a lot of injuries. Um, still, that's a lot of money, $25 million uh, next year for, you know, a guy who, you know, I think he's made 20 starts for you once in the last, six years or so. Um, and then, you know, you, you hear that the Brewers are maybe taking Corbin Burns. Maybe they're going to keep him. Um, and then all of a sudden you say, just like you said, who are the Braves going to end up with? Maybe Seth Lugo. They, they have definite interest in Seth. Um, do they need a frontline guy this year? Not necessarily. Do they need a frontline guy, you know, for 2025? Probably, you know, probably going to lose Max and, and Charlie Morton, uh, but next year's class, um, free agent class, is, is much more attractive. There will be m- more options, um, and you know, obviously, they'll have a better feel for where Smith Shaver and Waldrop and some of these other kids are. And instead of uh, spending for the future, maybe learn a bit, little bit more about your future this next year when you don't necessarily need a frontline guy, and uh, let Lugo. Uh, eat some of the innings that you need right there in that rotation next year. You mentioned something. You kind of stuck in that Max Freed. Uh, and I, I've, I've seen the same tea leaves when you listen to the agent. It almost sounds a lot like the Dansby Swanson rhetoric before he wound up uh, going to Chicago. But do you not think there's still a good chance to keep Max Freed in a Braves uniform long term? Or is the money just going to be too outrageous? Yeah, just there's just never been a good feel about it, you know. Going back to the last year's spring training, I was asking, you know, and it's not necessarily guys from the Braves organization. It's more like the, in the agent world, you know. What's what's a good cost for a uh, good price for uh, Max Freed? I think we were trying to get com- comparisons to Carlos Rodon at that time, and you know, it was, it was always like, don't even waste your time. He's not coming back, that kind of stuff. It's, that doesn't mean that they're right and everything, but it, it, there's never been a real good feel about Max returning uh, to the Braves after next year. You know, he's a West Coast guy. Um, maybe he wants to go out there and pitch for the Dodgers or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, with some of the recent injuries, uh, it doesn't make sense for Max to talk about what his value is right now. Uh, if he's confident he's going to be healthy next year, because here's a guy that could make $30 million plus per season. Um, he certainly, you know, if he has, if he's top, you know, five Cy Young award again next year, then he's, he's going to get a deal uh, even greater than what Nola got probably. And, you know, he's going to be on that other side of 30 and, and that's tough when, when you start making that kind of commitment, it's, you know, it's been fantastic to watch, Max Grow, it'll be great to see him pitch again next year. But I, I you know, I think the Freddie and, and Dansby events maybe have, have made me uh, maybe a little bit more skeptical about uh, guys sticking around here for, uh, you know, a real long.
like that. Yeah, it's just it's just a different level of efficiency the way the Braves do their payroll, uh, and obviously it's worked. But this is this is not the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees. It, it, it's just a it's a different formula that they use in terms of who do you retain, and they've already had to make some really tough decisions, like you said, with Freddie and Dansby. If you'll let Freddie and Dansby walk, you certainly could let uh, Max Fried walk as well. Uh, Mark, we are oblig- uh, obligated to ask a Shohei Otani question. I don't, I don't, I think we get dinged. The FCC finds us if we don't bring that up in a baseball <laughs> segment. So I, I got to ask you, I mean, did you ever take the bait on this as it comes? Because you had to follow it. It's your job just in case it did, the bomb did go off. But what do, what do you think is going to happen there? No, I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes sense in some ways. You've got to think about, I mean, this is generational. I, mean, I don't know. It's just once in a lifetime, once in a multiple lifetimes, you know, type of player. It is, this is in terms of talent and marketing, all that. Yeah, I certainly thought about it. I mean, you know, McAlpin and I talked about it, you know, just as friends, you know, just goofing off, you know. It's it's fun to talk about and th- to think about the possibility of him. It just got to the point last week where, you know, yeah, it makes sense, but I don't think the Braves ever got there. And we saw so many reports out there that kept throwing them in there. And and it just – that's why I basically said, look, it, it, it's not going to happen. It's – you know, the, the the Braves aren't among those teams that – sure, they had – they did their due diligence and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I think it's our job to kind of report what's truly happening. And, and I didn't want to, you know, keep the fans thinking that um, – He's among the favorites. Of course, they responded by calling me Grinch and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, well, can't we have fun things? Can't you just let us believe? And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 that's fun. But uh, I'm going to guess, you know, there's some word out there. It could, the signing could come today. I like to go with, you know, there, there's two teams, the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. I'm going to go with the the Blue Jays. I'm going to go mm. kind of the underdog. Maybe uh, it's a uh, Toronto's a great city. Um, you know, very culturally diverse. Um, I think he would, you know, he's got a, a friend from uh, his high school on that, in that rotation already. Uh, you've got uh, a very good lineup, you know, great guys like George Springer and uh, Biggio and, and uh, Bichette and Guerrero. Um, I think that there's, there's a chance that, that he ends up there. I hope you're wrong because much like, uh, not taking in a whole lot of Angels games over the years and missing Mike Trout and not seeing a ton of Otani, although he does get a lot of national run. I'm going to see less of him in Toronto because I'm just not tuning into a whole lot of Blue Jays. I'd love to see some of these guys uh, in major markets uh, on the East yeah. Coast and even in the National League. But, yeah, I, I... I would say this, though. At least this is East Coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if he sticks with the Dodgers, that you still have that late late night element where... Right. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I think that keeping him on the East or, you know, him being on the East Coast probably will add to his exposure and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting. And I'll tell you what, that AL East, wow. It's a beast. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, that would be the ultimate beast mode, no doubt about it. Mark, you're never our Grinch. We love you. Uh, <laughs> keep up the great work at MLB.com. We'll check in with you closer to spring training for sure. Sounds good. Thank you. You got it. Mark Bowman of MLB.com. And, yes, he did not subject you to the clickbait that went about Braves, Otani, question mark, question mark, didn't do it. Don't need to do it. I don't think that was ever even close. We'll probably never know for sure. 
but probably not that close. And that's okay. The Braves have done just fine, again, without going for the biggest name and the shiniest toy each and every offseason. Time now for a little Bulldog Roundtable, shall we? The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, 49, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. You heard Hubby mention it on the update, and it won't be the last time you hear news like this. We are now, I think, at last check, over 1,300 players in the portal. Gone. It's just insane. Now, a lot of those guys will try to come back, although some of the coaches I've talked to over the years since the portal started have basically said the moment you put your name in, you're, you're out. Like, the locker room is out. Uh, get your stuff, move on. You think you got greener pastures. And many of these young men will not find greener pastures, and they'll try to come back. And sometimes the coach will be like, no, nah, sorry, you, you made a decision. You want to make a big boy decision? These are big boy results. But uh, another Bulldog has entered the portal, wide receiver Makai Muse. He played in all 13 games last year for Georgia as a wideout and the team's primary punt returner. Uh, you know, again, these are the kind of moves that don't necessarily move the needle, and it's certainly going to be more and more commonplace. There are much bigger names that Georgia fans are going to keep an eye out for when it comes to things like the portal and, yes, opt-outs for the bowl game. Nothing there. I check that every day because I just I feel like we're sitting on a volcano that's about to erupt with some marquee players, not, not just for Georgia I'm talking about, but just in general for a lot of these bowl games. But as of now... Bowers in, McConkie in, everybody of major consequence is in. That has not changed as of today, uh, but certainly could, as we still have a few weeks before we even get to those bowl games. The uh, SEC championship game, the numbers are in. 17.5 million viewers. Now, to put that in perspective, the only college football game that had more was Ohio State, Michigan with 19 million. And that was noon kickoff on the final week of the season on a highly anticipated game with two undefeated teams, a controversy that was dominating the headlines with Harbaugh. They got 19 million. I knew that'd be just a ridiculous number, and it was. Georgia, Alabama, it's just like, yeah, okay, it's the two heavyweights of the league going at it again. 17 and a half million uh, took it in. And, uh, you know, again, the game, as they usually do, lived up to the hype when those two teams meet. You throw somebody else in there, and very often it's been lopsided, and you don't get the same rating. But when you throw Georgia-Alabama in there, that's what you get. 17.5 million people took it in. The Georgia 2024 schedule is out. A lot of this was leaked, which did not make the SEC office overly happy. Uh, but now we can start talking about games, dates, and schedules. So here how, here's how it looks for Georgia. In 2024, it'll all start off right here in the ATL against Clemson. Be very curious what Clemson is going to look like next year. Uh, the, the the Dabo Sweeney roller coaster. Say what you will about Dabo, and he's taken a lot of shots over the last couple of years. And that when they were when they were down, boy, people were piling on. But Clemson finished strong. They really did, and they've made, and they are going to get some guys in the portal. From what I'm told, they are actually an active player in the portal. Now, just like Georgia, you don't need to be that dependent on the portal. And for those that say, well, the, the only reason Clemson dipped 
was because they didn't play in the portal. Well, this just in, Deshaun Watson was not a portal guy. They got him as a freshman. He's a generational college quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was not a portal guy. They got him as a freshman. All those NFL wideouts, and there are a ton of them that you still see every Sunday that played during that time frame when Clemson won two national championships and made it to the playoff, what, six straight years? Uh, those were not transfers. Those were not portal guys. So Clemson's success was never based on the portal. What has happened is they haven't had the type of generational quarterback. They haven't had first-round wide receivers all over the place. That's recruiting. That's not a portal issue. That's a recruiting issue. I think some people are missing the the, the target there on why Clemson has had a quote-unquote demise from where they were. But they've picked it up. They've played better football. They'll be engaged in the bowl game, I have no doubt. And that should be a marquee matchup for the Dogs in week one. Then you're going to have some of these now with an eight-game conference slate, Tennessee Tech in week two. Uh, I can see the tickets being sold right now on uh, a number of formats. Hey, got four. We'll take any price for Tennessee Tech. On the road at Kentucky, September the 14th, that could be a Vandergriff versus his old school matchup. That's juicy over there at Kroger Field in week three. Week four, on the road in Tuscaloosa. Excuse me, that's Arkansas. That's Arkansas. Uh, September the 28th uh, in Fayetteville. We got October the 5th against Auburn. We've got, and that's kind of a weird spot on the schedule. Mississippi State, October the 12th at home. And yes, everybody in the SEC is going to play either. By the way, I was right the first time. It's at Alabama, September 28th. Much different look to that game. (laughs) It would be an easier deal if you had. I was reading the wrong A. Is that a script A? Is that italics? Sometimes I have my A's wrong. But Alabama is a regular season game, September 28th in Tuscaloosa. Auburn, October 5th. Mississippi State, October 12th. And yes, every SEC team will play either Texas or Oklahoma in 2024. And that's going to be in Austin. You made it to Austin, DT? Have you gone there, Mr. Georgia fan? Uh, I've never been to Austin. It's funny you mention that. I'm actually going there next weekend uh, for a family trip. But, yeah, I, I've heard I really want to go there. It sounds like an interesting place. But yes. I, we are, I, I'm sure you've heard apparently the F1 uh, race is there that, that same weekend. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a problem. Be, so I might I might skip out next uh, next year and find another year to go to Austin. Austin is an awesome city. You know, their motto is keep Austin weird. Lately, it's they might need to keep Austin uh, crime-free. It's been one of those cities that's been ravaged a bit, unfortunately, but it's an awesome town. Always It'll, enjoyed Austin city limits, too. So yes, cool. yes. Uh, go to Lake Travis, catch yourself a, a, a nice meal right on the water, get some barbecue, very cool city that SEC, SEC fans will love. Norman, eh, it's a little bit different vibe. A little different vibe, I'll just say that. Of course, you got the cocktail party uh, November the 2nd, still in Jacksonville. Then November the 19th in Oxford. Another cool place for Georgia fans to go if you haven't been. Tennessee at home on the 16th. UMass on the 23rd. And Georgia Tech on the 30th. That is the Georgia Bulldog 2024 schedule. And that is your Bull dog round table big finish is coming up we're going to get you set for another busy weekend of nfl football including the falcons and the bucks you've also got the saints and the panthers the worst division in pro football let it be settled on the field baby more of the buck blue show coming up on 680 the fan david hubbard thank you so much another award-winning update 
Earth, Wind, and Fire bringing us back in for the final segment of the Buck Blue Show. Mike Morgan filling in all week long. It's been a pleasure to be your inch hitter for this week. Shalini and Domino coming up next. Chuck and Chernoff will follow. Here on the mighty 680 The Fan and 93.7 on the FM dial. Yeah, I threw out the question yesterday after watching the, the Napoleon movie uh, in person. Not streaming it, not on my TV at home, actually going to the theater like people used to do. Particularly when Hollywood did not run out of ideas. And I mentioned uh, we would give away a pair of tickets nominees for films you love that would never be made by Hollywood today. Well, David Dietz got it yesterday. He said Smokey and the Bandit. A lot of you said Blazing Saddles. We'll take the first call today. A movie that you loved, that you saw, that would never be made today. Had a lot of votes, too, for American Pie. American Pie is great. I mean, if, if that's not made, we never know the seductive powers of Stifler's Mob. And that would be a loss for humanity. We would have lost that cult classic. Now, the sequels I can't vouch for, and Chris Klein cannot act. He can't play dead in a movie. It's just terrible. The choir scenes, cringeworthy bad. But it's funny flicks, lighthearted comedies. You got to appreciate that. So Caller 1, a movie that you loved, you saw. By the way, congratulations to David. From yesterday, you won a pair of tickets to see Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire on their Heart and Soul Tour from Buck Baloo and 680 The Fan Rock Icon Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Come to Alpharetta at Ameris Bank Amphitheater on August 19th, 2024. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. Uh, big finish is coming up right now. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Just looking over the NFL slate, and I'll, I'll spare you all the games with backup quarterbacks that are going to be really hard on the eyes. Bucks Falcons at 1 p.m., of course, you know. You realize Mike Evans, like you look at his numbers, he's actually having a Hall of Fame career, and yet, does anybody ever think of him as like a top five wideout? I don't know if they do. He's consistently good. A th- you can book a 1,000 yards, death taxes, and Mike Evans going to roll up 1K in receiving yards every year. But is he great? I don't know. Is he elite? I, I don't know. He's really good. I'd like to have him on my team. And when it's all said and done and he does have a title, remember the Brady title, uh, I think he's going to have Hall of Fame stats. Just a FYI. Again, that'll be at 1 o'clock. Baker Mayfield in the worst division for starting quarterback play that I've seen in a long time. Mayfield has the highest quarterback rating. You heard uh, the locker room today talking with somebody with the Bucks radio network. Yeah, he's actually played the best football that I've seen in a, in a while. He's still limited, though. He'll still give you the soul-crushing turnover. But it should be an interesting matchup. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Panthers-Saints... Good Lord. It could be Jameis Winston in for Derek Carr, who's been awful, and Bryce Young. Man, I I know it's a bad supporting cast, but he looks overwhelmed. That's the number one pick in the draft, and he just looks overwhelmed right now. Bills-Chiefs, now to the really good games. Bills-Chiefs at 425. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, for my money, two best quarterbacks along with some cat up there in Philadelphia named Jalen Hurts. 
That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Eagles-Cowboys, another big-time game. A couple more former SEC quarterbacks strutting their stuff with Hurts and Dak Prescott. You know, Jags-Browns could have been juicy if there's a healthy Trevor Lawrence, and we don't know for sure if Trevor is going to be a go. Uh, if not, you're stuck with the growing list of ham and acres that can't move an offense. But hopefully Trevor can. That was a really scary injury when it happened on Monday night. And thankfully, it's just a sprain. Nothing more serious than that. That's your NFL slate games that might be worth watching and maybe a couple worth avoiding as well. Want to thank Derek Thomas behind the glass, David Hubbard on the updates and everybody else making this a cozy place to be. Filling in for Buckaloo. Busy day of great stuff ahead here on 680 The Fan. This is Mike Morgan saying so long. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, everybody. Thank you, Buck. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.